Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Planet Protectors podcast. I'm super excited today because today we have our very first special guest joining us on the podcast. So without further ado, here is my interview with our special guest. Today's special guest is someone who has definitely made his mark in the city of Toronto's political world. He's been a part of many environmental initiatives, protecting and conserving natural space, campaigning for renewable energy, transit, zero waste initiatives, and so much more. He's also received awards like the Toronto Star's Newsmakers of the Year Award and People's Watch Award, along with the Top Activist of the Year Award from Now Magazine. He's also received the Town Crier's Award of Pillar of the Community. Now, please welcome the very first special guest of the Planet Protectors podcast. It's Toronto City Councillor Josh Matlow. Wow, great. Thank you for that very warm introduction, Blake. Really good to be with you. So the first question is, what do you do as a city councillor? I do a lot as a city councillor. And, you know, the, the I think the very unique thing about my role is that there's no one job description. Um, aside from, I think to say it simply, <clears throat> I try to leave the city and the world in a better place than I found it. That's certainly my objective. There's a part of my job that as a representative of over 110,000 people in our community now, it's large, much larger word than it used yeah. to be. Um, my job is to the best of my ability, try to understand what the priorities are and the objectives are of the people I serve and reflect those priorities when I vote at city council and advocate for different issues that affect our lives. Part of my job is to work with people in the community every day to try to resolve individual problems, issues that are happening on a street or in a neighborhood uh, that affect our quality of life. Um, and then part of my job is to think of the city as a whole and not just represent our local community, but also see myself as a member of a council that represents almost 3 million people throughout our city and the very complex and diverse needs of so many different people in different neighborhoods. Uh, but again, I'll just come back to what I said at the get-go that it was my mom who taught me that when I was when I was a kid. Um, she used to, whenever we stayed at different, you know, a home of a, of a family member, for example, she would leave little flowers places and chocolates places and, you know, just do things to make people smile. And, and I'd ask her, like, why are you doing all that? And she'd always say, because everywhere you go, you should leave better than you found it. And I think it's a really good way to live life. Yeah, that's a really good message. All right. So the second one is you've done lots of environmental initiatives throughout the years, but what inspired your kind of passion for the environment? What inspired me initially was, I think, the exposure that I had to, to our natural environment um, when my dad would take me up to Algonquin Park when I was a kid, along with a lot of family hikes on the Oak Ridges Moraine. I just had a lot of experiences that, you know, growing, growing up in Midtown Toronto, I, you know, my, my, you know, ostensibly my, my natural environment is a lot of concrete and buildings. Yeah. Um, so when I had these experiences that exposed me to what the world looked like underneath all of this concrete, it, you know, I, I saw a sky that had stars the way they were meant to be seen. It made me, it just, it, it gave me a sense of awe and excitement and gratitude and appreciation. And then as I, even as a child, as I learned more and more about how 
more and more of that was being taken away from us. I couldn't just be a passive observer. I needed to be involved in protecting the natural environment. And that's why I, you know, got involved in, you know, the Tomogamy Wilderness Society, which led to earth roots to protect the old growth forest in Ontario and uh, protecting uh, the Oak Ridges Marine itself that I found as a kid. Along with, I, you know, I, I think we, many of us agree the most existential challenge of our generation, which is the climate crisis. Because no matter what you care about, like no matter what your priorities are in life, if we destroy our planet, then none of it will matter. So, you know, if, if you go beyond even the hyperbole of leaving this place better than we found it, then we have to protect our planet. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast, just inform people about what's happening and just different small ways even that we can help the planet just in our daily lives. And this is a way, right? Yeah. Because you want to, you want to share and you want to inform and educate. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah. So you already mentioned a few, but what are some other environmental initiatives that you have been a part of? Oh, several. Um, you know, everything from uh, protecting old growth forests to, um, um, you know, many years uh, fighting for the Oak Ridges Marine Conservation Act that led to the Greenbelt, which is once again under threat by the current government, to, uh, and, and once again, I find myself fighting for the Greenbelt, uh, sadly due to that fact. Uh, I didn't think that we would have to in the same way again. And in many ways, fighting the climate crisis everywhere from, you know, my days back as an activist working with groups like Greenpeace and others, um, through a, being a journalist before, writing articles, trying to, as you're doing now, sharing and informing and educating the public about, you know, what we are, what we are going through and what we will go through if we don't take action now. To my role as a school trustee, um, championing the what we call the Green Grid Project to uh, put solar panels on the rooftops of schools and and advancing the eco schools initiative so that every school community could uh, take meaningful tangible steps toward taking action to my work as a city councilor supporting initiatives like uh, transform to uh, which has a wide array of actions to make Toronto a leader in fighting the climate crisis now, I think it's still debatable about whether or not we've arrived at the role of being a leader, but that's something that I continue to push. Well, everything that you've done is all great. And thank you for just being a part of all those initiatives. Thank you. So you mentioned Earth Roots and yeah. you were a co-creator of that, from what I know. Not a co-creator, a co-director. A co-director. Um, do you mind just telling me more about that project? Yeah. Um, so I found Earthroots, like I mentioned, it, it used to be called the Tomogamy Wilderness Society. And Tomogamy is uh, uh, is a forested area in northern Ontario that has uh, old growth uh, trees that were back in the 90s uh, and you know continue to be threatened by clear-cutting, clear-cut logging practices. And when I was in the eighth grade, an Indigenous leader named Danny Beaton came to speak with my class. And uh, uh, talked about tomogamy and educated us about, you know, what, what the challenges were there. And I was so inspired by him that I reached out to him the next day after he visited my class. And I said, Danny, like, can I help you? Like, can I, whatever you need, like, I'll, you know, I'll get you coffee, like, you know, whatever, however I can help. I just want to be involved. And he said, contact this group called the Tomogamy Wilderness Society and write a speech for me. 
So I thought, cool, I'm a speechwriter. This is amazing. So I did my research, uh, just like I was, you know, studying to do like, you know, like a, you know, some sort of report. And, um, and I wrote up a speech about old growth forests and why they're important to protect. And he then said, meet me at my place next Saturday morning. So he gave me the address. I went down there. I went in the car with him and we were driving down to Queens Park all of a sudden. And I saw a crowd of like a couple thousand people at this protest to protect tomogamy. And I was like, oh my God, I wrote the speech that this guy's going to give. And then he looked at me and said, Josh, are you ready to go up and make your speech? And I went up there and I trembled and I was a nervous wreck, especially seeing some of my friends at the protest completely making fun of me as I was going up there. But I did it. Like, you know, I shook and I stumbled, but I did it. And that that really did lead me to not only be perhaps even toward what I'm doing today, but it led me to then work with Earthroots, that was the new name of it, many years later when I grew up a little more. And I started canvassing with them and volunteering and doing work with them. And I just, it led me toward a leadership role in that, in that organization. And my primary goal was to, at that time, along with, with Old Growth Forest, protect the Oak Ridges Moraine, which is, as you probably know, now part of the Greenbelt, which protects our regions, some of the last remaining and some of the most important uh, watersheds and wildlife corridors and forests and prime agricultural lands and aquifers uh, to protect them for future gen generations. And we were very successful, uh, so we thought. Yeah. The last episode that we did in the podcast was all about all the proposed changes to the green belt and all yeah. the new housing. So that gave listeners a little preview of what the future might unfortunately be. You mentioned the green grid project as well. Do you yeah. mind talking a bit more about that? I mean, the, initially the idea came from uh, the, uh, the Hillcrest uh, community school and they reached out to me as their trustee and just asked if I'd be interested in supporting an effort to, um, you know, to put solar panels on the rooftop. And I did that. And uh, along with uh, our success at Hillcrest as a pilot, it led to other schools adopting the same idea. And the idea was, you know, what other, what other property owner in Toronto has more big, big flat roofs all over the city in every neighborhood? Yeah. The public school board does. So that's, that was the idea behind it. And like along with um, along with actually generating um, renewable energy, it also was a great opportunity to educate students themselves about the importance of doing so. Well, it's a great project. Do you know how many schools have this going on? Today, I've lost track um, only because I don't work with the school board anymore. But it is. But uh, certainly, I was part of getting the the ball rolling. Yeah, and you've ha you've gotten the ball rolling in many things like the turf at the Cody Field, um, the Green Grid Project, lots of amazing things in the city. Thank you. The next question is, why is it important to have green green spaces in a big city like Toronto? And by the way, my staffer just giving me the eye that I've got to head over to my next meeting in a moment. So if you don't okay. mind, I'll answer this uh, uh, as the last question only because of time constraints. But I'd love to come yeah. back again if I may. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Why do we need green spaces? Two reasons. One, because humans need places for respite, for recreation, for their basic quality of life. Two, because we need more soft landscaping, green spaces 
to absorb storm so that we don't have flooding and so that we have more of a natural environment in our city. Uh, you put those two together, it's a really good reason why we need to protect and expand our green space. Yeah, well, thank you so much for answering these questions and being here today. My pleasure. Okay, bye for now. All right, bye. Thanks. See you again.